0: Welcome to Back in Crime, a podcast presented by Texas Crime Travelers. I'm Stuart Fillmore, retired FBI agent. And I'm Todd Hiles, retired Secret Service agent. In this podcast, we cover cases
1: we worked and some we wish we had. As lifelong street agents, we were where the rubber met the road.
0: While the big guys were doing press conferences, we were interviewing the criminals. And because of that, we can take you inside these cases. And under the crime scene tape. This is Back in Crime. Today's episode, we're going to to go into a really interesting conspiracy theory out there so you guys that like this stuff you're going to eat this up um we talked about this on our tiktok channel and it has really gone viral so i hope you enjoy this it's about the civil war gold now this case has been around for several
1: years yeah and and i think there is a um currently a a pending court case related to this yes there is that's going on um and again for us you know we're the texas crime travelers and this really started out as a comment one of our followers
0: reached out to you on TikTok yes and and, and i had, i had heard about it because you know the, the, just the title civil war gold does tend to grab your attention and it just uh, was something that you know i really started looking into and it's just it in the, the the deeper you look there are some weird things to it and it's super interesting so you shot the uh, TikTok video yeah
1: we had over three million views. <laughs> That's crazy, uh, huh? A ton of comments. You did a part two to the original vi- uh, video, and still more comments are coming in.
0: Yeah, yeah. So it, it, I think it's great here. Let, let's address this in a you know in a full format. Right. So 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 basically, this conspiracy. Uh,
1: it's it's these people calling the FBI liars. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, and, well, and, effectively, and they stole, they're saying
0: that the FBI stole you nine, know, this, this nine tons of, nine tons of right. civil war gold. So
1: for, for this podcast, you know, let's look at this as, as we're criminal investigators. Like, this was our case, and um, so, so let's talk about it, and we can offer some insight on what we think went
0: yeah, right in this case. Because there are some what, things that but, I think the public, maybe just because they're unaware of maybe how investigations go and some of the things that typically happen, just, you know, just because they're just unaware of it, and it seems like maybe there's not an answer for it, and therefore that's when— People start thinking of conspiracies. Okay, so I think th- there are some elements of that in this, and so l- we'll address that and explain what we think is normal. But there definitely are some elements that I don't have an explanation for that that really are pretty funky. So right, and, uh, and like I always say, like we're going
1: to take the listener under the crime scene tape. Exactly. Um, now, before we we start talking about the Civil War gold investigation, there's two things that really stood out for me as an investigator. Yeah. One was that there's so many Civil War gold stories out there. I mean, it's, there's, there's gold buried in Georgia, Kentucky, Lake
0: Michigan. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I think there's even a John Wayne movie that, where, where they go into the, the, there's some stolen gold. So yeah, it's, it, that, that's, the story's been out there for a long yeah. time. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's, it's a legend on a lot of them. But for this podcast,
1: we're going to talk about the Civil War from, that's buried in Pennsylvania it's um, been in the news. Yeah, it, it's yes. actually, I guess it, it's dense, run, and it's located in western Pennsylvania. Yes.
0: They're a Very uh, rural area. A beautiful part of the state, though. It really is. It's gorgeous. And, and the second thing that really
1: stands out for me as an investigator when I heard this is that the FBI has a fine art crime team.
0: Yes. That, uh, you know, that... So, that I heard about this a few years ago. There was actually a guy in my office that uh, uh, had saw, uh, they, they were seeking people to join you know, this, this, this fine art uh, team. And at that time, believe it or not, I, I could be wrong exactly about the acronym. <laughs> but if it wasn't the official acronym, it became the unofficial acronym to us. But uh, it was called the Fine Art Recovery Team. So <laughs> you do the spelling yeah. on that acronym, but
1: it's it's actually the fine art crime team. Yes. Um, <laughs> so it's instead of fart, it's fact. So, yeah. uh, and again, throughout the history of the FBI, the, the FBI has worked these kind of cases before: of they have. stolen paintings, things like that. Um, I think there's even been cases like Super Bowl rings mm-hmm. that have been counterfeited and sold at auction. Yes. Um, and, you know
0: some of these. So so it is a. Th- there is without a doubt a, a part of the FBI that that specializes in these types of investigations. so this is this is not something new. It's been done before, right. And I, I think it was uh, you know,
1: the financial loss sometimes is real high in these cases. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think a lot of this came out in in two thousand and three with the war in Iraq, and some of the museums over there were raided. That's right. And a lot of these paintings yep. and artifacts ended up in the United States for sale. And the FBI said, you know, we've got to put together this team that can start investigating all this to sure. try to get these artifacts back to right. these museums. Yeah, in, because, in the the, you and know, there is so. a black
0: market in stolen art and, and those kind of things. Um, and, it, it, you know, it, it prol- proliferated, at, you know, during that, that
1: time. And again, we, we've, these cases are so hard to work as an investigator because a lot of times— um, there, there's con men that are
0: involved absolutely in, in these things. And forgeries and you know it, it really is it's a it, it takes a high level of skill and training uh, to, to recognize that type of stuff and to know exactly what you're looking for and where to go so it, you know it, it really is a um, not it's a, not a typical investigation so as an agent I worked one of
1: these uh, cases that involved a con man it was actually um, a local law enforcement started first through yeah. a undercover operation. They arrested a guy that was
0: selling fake silver bars. Now, be honest, Todd, the, you know you went in as, and as, as a fed, you know you just stole the case from the locals. Isn't well, that how it always works? Well, I think they actually <laughs> called us to say if we wanted to adopt it because they
1: wanted this guy federally prosecuted. Yes. So uh, I went, and again, he he's your con man, and I go and I interview him, and uh, right from the beginning of the interview, he says, I'm ready to come clean. I want to put all this behind me, go to prison, and do my time. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I, I would like to, to mention that, you know, I'm an incredible interviewer, and I got this con man to break, <laughs> but uh, it, it wasn't that. He, it was just out of the blue. He said, I'm ready to come clean. Yeah. And and during this interview, he talks about the time that he's been selling counterfeit coins. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he actually has a list of the people that he's sold the coins to. Okay. Um so he kept so records on this. He kept records yeah. of it and, the, the, and sometimes the, some a lot of the, the victims would advertise in mm-hmm. papers that they they would buy coins mm-hmm. and that's how he had some of their phone numbers from that. And so I was able to actually reach one of the victims and and they could not believe that this guy was a con
0: man. Um, yeah. Well, I think I think a lot of con men have somewhat sociopathic personalities. So, you know, they they are very good at masking who they really are and And this victim, you know, again, did not
1: believe it at first. He said that guy is so trustworthy. I can't believe he you know would sell me mm-hmm. these counterfeit coins uh, and And their story was when they just you know, the con man has that story of, you know, a relative passed away. Yeah, I found all these coins in there. I don't want them. I'll sell them to you. um and and they they couldn't find like a meeting place because time was running short. But the victim says, hey, I'm going to a, a high school football game. Okay. And mm-hmm. the con man says, I'll meet you there. Yeah. And, and they spend the first and second quarter of the football game sitting next to each other, giving their life stories. Yeah. And then at halftime, con man says, well, I got to get on the road, but let's walk out to the car and I'll show you my coins and sold them to there him. There you go. And, and, you know, and just could not believe that he had that much of a relationship with the victim. Yes. And the victim
0: had no idea that this, that he you no. know, was duped into no. those coins it's amazing you know how many people i encountered uh, you know that were, were con men like this not counterfeiters i never really worked counterfeiting cases but um, that just they you know they had the gift of gab they had a certain charm or charisma and they you know and they used it they could have used it for so many other things but they used it to ba- to dupe people right you know and pull frauds well, well, now, here's a little bit of trivia for you. I know how much you love uh, trivia. Okay. Um, I will say that I was on a winning team at the local brewery last week uh, on the weekly trivia night, and our team won. So I'll, I'll take some kudos okay, for that. Okay,
1: there you go. Ready? <laughs> uh, here it is. Uh, the, the largest art theft in the U.S. occurred when?
0: Oh, that's, you know what? I think that's going to be uh, 1990, the Isabella Stewart Gardner Museum in Boston. That is correct. You know, I actually had I worked a, a, a small little element of that, um, a local uh, motel, not even a hotel, a motel um, called, and their, um, uh, the the person that was cleaning up the room found in the um, uh, uh, some notes that were written in the trash can, and it referenced the 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 Gardner Museum in Boston, art theft, police uniforms. Like with a question mark or something, as if you know maybe that the the the, the robbers had and that's re- what they did in Boston. Yeah, they, they, they used dressed police up police uniforms. Yeah, they dressed up at the and police so and- the, the the people at the motel saw this and thought, is this somebody that is you know is are they part of this? What is this? And it turns out it was somebody that was uh maybe writing an article about it. It was some kind of journalist or a writer. I don't remember specifically, but, um, you know, it was, it was innocent. Right. But so, yeah, so I, I actually had a small little piece of that case and I, I think it's still unsolved to this day. Yeah. They stole, uh,
1: 13 paintings valued at over 300 million. Mm -hmm. And that was, and like you said, that was 1990. So that's, uh, over 33 years ago Yeah, And, and no arrest and no, uh. None of the paintings have been recovered. For the
0: benefit of the audience, because it's actually an interesting case. It really is. Maybe we ought to do a podcast on that sometime. Um, but I, there is a documentary out there that I watched a few years ago about it. That it is, It's a cool story. Right. And so if there's any listeners
1: out there that have information about this theft, please reach out to us because there is a $10 million reward. <laughs> and we'll be happy to share <laughs> it with you. Yes. <laughs> In fact, we'll only take 10%. <laughs> exactly. We don't need all 10 million. <laughs> Uh, But now let's dig in to today's conspiracy. Let's do it. Uh, And we're talking about a location or a property that's in western Pennsylvania, and it's actually owned by the state of Pennsylvania. Yeah, it's on state-owned property. And this uh, piece of property, access to
0: it, though, is through private property. To go through some private property to get to it, uh, which, not having actually seen it, I think it's... The access to it is because the the terrain around it is so mountainous and rugged that the, you're really prevented by any other means. Right. Yeah. And so there are these
1: stories that it seems like they've been passed down from generations to generations, but there's this idea that somehow during the Civil War there's a shipment of gold coming through here. I think by stagecoach. Is not that right? Something like yeah. that. And it and it gets buried. Gets buried in the ground. Yes. And um. And I know that the story sometimes changes to that it's it's Union soldiers that bury it out there because they think the South is going to come up and take it from them. Yeah. Uh, there's other stories out there that it's, it's actually soldiers from the South. Well, so, or, or at least Southern sympathizers who live in the North. So there, there's there been you know numerous articles and newspaper stories written about this. In, in fact, some of this documentation, the FBI is going to use in their affidavit for their search warrant.
0: Well, and that's not unusual. I'm, I, when you have to write an affidavit to justify a search warrant, you rely on as much data as you can you know, from the past, right. and it's definitely been—this stuff's been out there. Right.
1: But before we get to that search warrant, let, let's back it up here for a couple seconds. So over the years, there's been treasure hunters, and they've been searching for this gold. Mm-hmm. And at, at times, uh, the state of Pennsylvania has given them permission— to go out there on this property and to look for the gold.
0: Yeah, I think, and I think it, they were allowed to do a lot of uh, preliminary digging or testing to see to, to see is there something here. I think they were just prevented from any major digging, right? Right, or, or removing yeah. anything.
1: I guess it was always this idea that you just don't disturb the land. Yes. Uh, now, at, at some point, the, these treasure hunters, they actually drill into the ground. Um, and they feel that they found something interesting yes. down there, mm-hmm. um, and, and and it's possibly gold, uh, but they need to dig this. They need bigger equipment, and you know they need bigger drills. Yes. Uh, so they go to the state of Pennsylvania, and the state says, "Well, where do you want to dig?" Sure. And yeah. uh, you know, so they these, these treasure hunters say, "Hey, this is where we're going to do it." Yes. Um, eventually, the state of Pennsylvania says no. Right. Now, this is where it gets really weird because... Yeah, this is a weird twist to it. Because it's almost as if uh, this location that the treasure hunters told the state was a red herring. Mm -hmm. And now, there's supposedly game cameras that somebody's installed out there, and lo and behold, they catch the state showing up digging at this red herring location. Yeah, which... Man... If that's true, that really stinks. It yeah, that really that, does. That is just, and that again, bad. Uh, you know, the game camera are, are these cameras that are that are out there in the woods, and they they activate by motion, mm-hmm.
0: and they and they record what? Sure, and they're not expensive. They, and, no. and they take quality photos too. It's amazing the quality of some of those those game camera uh, footage that you see. Right. So, so now it appears that you know there's any type of bridge has been burned mm-hmm.
1: because the treasure hunters don't trust the state, and the state is not granting
0: permission to get on the land right now I'm sure that the state rebuts this in some form or fashion, but nonetheless that's 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 the that's what's out there, and that's what brings them ultimately to do what they do next right right and, and this is because the treasure hunters they don't give up easily. <laughs> And they are so, definitely uh, persistent.
1: Yeah. So now they go to the FBI. They bring in the federal heat. Yes. Um, go to the feds. Right. And and again, this this is probably in the TikTok video that we made. This is probably one of the most commented
0: parts. Is that why they brought Why the do FBI. they go to the feds? And 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 if they go to the feds, why? How can they even have jurisdiction? I'll be honest that was the first question I asked. I never encountered in my years in the FBI. I never encountered something you, you know where it was a missing gold or missing anything from uh, you know 135 years ago. So I that was my initial question as well. So I understand that point of view exactly.
1: So in January of 2018 these tre- treasure hunters they have their meeting with the FBI. Mm-hmm. And they get the FBI excited about this. Uh, the fine art crime team is going to take the lead on this case. Uh they open up a case file. You know, it's a believable story uh that warrants further investigation.
0: Well, because by the by the time that the treasure hunters went to the FBI, they had you know, they had their ducks in a row as far as you know, how this could have happened, where it is. And so that you know, there were a lot of, frankly, a lot of the work was already done for the bureau. They just had to try to maybe verify it uh, and do their own independent corroboration of it. Right. And, and again, I've looked at the
1: file like you have, um, and I know as an investigator, they were thinking, even though it's not written anywhere in the file, but as an investigator, they're, they've got to be thinking, who's going to actually own this gold? Is it going to be the state of Pennsylvania? Yeah. Is it going to be? us as the government, you know, the federal government that recovers it or, you know, is it is it treasure hunters who found the location? Well, that's
0: part of what gave the FBI jurisdiction is because it is it would be property of the US government that was stolen. and So that the federal even though it's on state land, in that case, the federal government would have the authority and the jurisdiction to recover that because it's stolen US property. So w- within days of opening this case, uh, the FBI goes out
1: to that location and they do a site survey of the land, and they notice some of the markings, and there's some PVC pipes mm-hmm. that the treasure hunters had drilled into the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they they you know they take photographs of all this mm-hmm. stuff.
0: Um, a, a month later, in Todd, February, also isn't there some indication? And and I'll, I'll admit I haven't seen this 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 site direct. I haven't seen it firsthand. I've just been able to see pictures and descriptions of it, but there, there is some description somewhere of of a of indications that there's a man made cave in there that there is without a doubt s- some man made elements that are old inside this cavern or this hole. Or you're right. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they have photographs of that in the yep. file,
1: um, and, and I think they talked about. I think some agents actually crawled into that mm-hmm. as far as they could go as far until as they, they, they go. encountered yes. spiders and, <laughs> and and whatnot.
0: And they they backed out. But um, Well, I, I I know that firsthand, that feeling, because when we uh, filmed the Bonnie and Clyde episode on Discovery Channel on Expedition Unknown, part of it was this cave where they were. That's right. You went out. inside that cave. And a little backstory to this real quick is um, I kind of I I kind of scouted the cave for them before this was ever filmed. And so the first time I went in there, you know, it's an honest to goodness cave. And uh, that, that i did not you know i don't know what i was thinking but i didn't bring a, a good enough flashlight so all i had was a <laughs> light on my iphone you know so that doesn't go very far in a cave so i got to a, i went in as far as i could with natural light and you know, what i could see with the iphone but i got to the point where the iphone wasn't helping me much and i could hear this kind of chirping thing going on and so i <laughs> knew it was bats just didn't know how many so it I know you you're, you're kind of poking fun that they they <laughs> ran into some spiders, but I'll be honest with you, with you don't have the light and it's pretty dark and you hear things, uh, it's scary. Or at least I was, <laughs> so I sympathize with that.
1: Well, I, I, yeah, it was more than just spiders. I, I think it actually said that part of this man-made cave had actually caved in. Yes. And, and so yeah, they, there was
0: some description of that as well, and, and mm-hmm. they
1: didn't know like if it could collapse more and stuff like that. Um, so in February of 2018 the FBI got or the FBI again goes back to this location. Mm-hmm. Uh and this time they they bring along an engineering firm that conducts a geophysical scan of the area. Yes. With very very sophisticated equipment. And and in fact they've had maybe another visit out there before where they used ground penetrating radar. Yes. And and I think you've used that before. I have too. used
0: that before. It was on a um what 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 in Hollywood, we Hollywood people, which I'm not, but uh, called a sizzle reel, which is something you go out and film uh, for the purpose of then pro- uh, providing or showing to a, a, a network to try to pitch a TV show. And in the course of trying to film a sizzle reel on the Dillinger case, we used ground penetrating radar. And I ended up finding this artifact, which was a, a map, which is a real artifact but we had several other what I would call false positives where the radar, hit yeah, the, the radar told us there's something there. Um, you know, and I, in one case we dug, we had a backhoe out there and we dug down probably eight feet and there was nothing, nothing there. there. So <laughs> yeah, so you can, you can have this high tech equipment, but it, it can maybe sometimes backfire. Faults, yeah. Faults. Yeah. Um, so not only with, with these
1: visits out there to the location, The the FBI also does some desk work and and they reach out to like the U.S. National Archives and they request information about, you know, any lost army gold shipments. Absolutely, yes. Um, I I know, according to the file, the FBI reached out to Wells Fargo. They have an archives department if they had any shipments of gold from between U.S. mints during this time that that could have been lost. the FBI reaches out to the Pinkerton Detective Agency because this
0: agency was used to investigate government payroll thefts during the Civil War.: Well, I would, I would go so far as to say that during the Civil War time that the Pinkerton Detective Agency would have been the FBI of its day, right. Yeah. And, and, and just a little side note
1: there on the uh, detective agency that Alan Pinkerton formed mm-hmm. it in 1852. Yep. Um, their headquarters was in Chicago. Uh, but at the great Chicago fire of 1871, their headquarters burned down, and they lost all their
0: records. Yeah. Um, Didn't Alan Pinkerton have some connection with maybe the, the, the Secret Service as maybe help, help found it? Or I, I think
1: there was talk. We've done other uh, TikTok videos before uh-huh. where some people had commented that they may have protected, the Pinkerton agency may have protected Lincoln, President uh-huh. Think Abraham that's Lincoln, correct. yes, and, and wasn't there uh, his body was tried to be stolen yes. one time, and mm-hmm. they investigated. Pinkertons were on that, yes. Th- they were. I on just that. said the Pinkertons would have been the Feds of their day. And, and what, what, again? You know that that's all an interesting topic about that. It is, and, and maybe there's another podcast yeah. in that one. What's kind of crazy to me is that there's a lot of records going back in, in U.S.
0: history in these archives. Oh yeah, you know it's amazing, and when you look back, how, you know the 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 level of things that, that were documented or the depth they were documented. I, I think some of this even shows some of the Civil War soldiers. Some of their records are from like 1861. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so the so the FBI tries to go back to the original source documents to try to verify this this theft of the gold, right? Or, or anything that would indicate that there
1: was a shipment of gold mm-hmm. if it was missing mm-hmm. and and I don't think they ever really got
0: a definite answer on that. I didn't see that yeah that there um, was an absolute specific report of such and such gold went missing, you know, with with any details specific to it. You know, and, and w- one reason for that is cuz you would think that there would on some level there would be documentation or at least a report of some kind about a large amount of gold going missing. Yeah, Some, yeah it didn't show up somewhere. Somebody, it, something, it just seems weird that it's not documented anywhere. Now, maybe to try to explain that is if um, if if the Union or the North or the, you know, the U.S. government just thought that, well, we have all these Confederate sympathizers out there. If we publicly announce or put it out anywhere that hey we had some gold stolen there they might start tr- trying to come after all our gold so maybe they didn't they they purposely didn't make a big you know make any reports of it for that reason but you would still think internally there would have been you know reports because there, there in those days there was no freedom of information so no one thought that the public would I, ever see this again if it, it, it I don't know it could have all been
1: lost in that great Chicago fire of 1871 it's,
0: a, it's as good an explanation as any it could have been lost in that
1: um so now we're 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 probably about 3 months into this investigation and the case agent prepares an affidavit a probable cause cuz to search that location
0: yeah. for the gold. And and just just for, for for folks that that are listening that may not know what that means or that 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 is a when you have to do a search warrant um based on on any investigation uh, you know the, the constitution requires certain things and and that you have a level of proof called probable cause which is what basically what a reasonable person would conclude from a set of facts and to to just to get to justify your probable cause to get a valid search warrant you have to take that to a federal judge and along with that uh, the an affidavit is just simply a set of facts that you write up explaining what your probable cause is. And I'm sure that they're going to use that
1: engineering firm report from them. They're going to use all these newspaper articles. That's what I'm
0: saying. All those kind of facts are something that you look for to strengthen your argument to say, to justify that you have probable cause. Because any type of a search warrant, uh, any any kind of activity like that that requires probable cause, whether it's an arrest or a search warrant or even more intrusive things like uh, wiretaps, all that has to be justified, and so you you know with probable cause, and so you want to be able to justify your your level of probable cause with as much information as you can. And again, uh, in this
1: case, the agent you know he swears to that he's got all this information, yeah. And, and the judge eventually uh, signs the warrant, right? So uh, in March of 2018, the team of FBI agents they go out and they serve the search warrant at that location. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, we, we've, we've seen it inside the file here. They, they really follow their, their SOP.
0: Well, yeah. So there's this, the standard process when you do a, a search warrant. And, and, and this, is, this whole thing is not typical of, of a search warrant or a procedure, but, but, but they, they essentially follow the same protocol. Right. And that is to, you know, you have an, however many people you determine that you're going to need to do this, you know, whatever it may be, and you show up, you go on the property and execute the warrant. And, and there are a lot of things that go along with that. One being, you know, a certain, what we call an ops plan, an operations plan that, you know, sets out everybody's uh, duties. duties. And, but, but basically, one of the things is when you first show up, you take photographs, photographs. video, you document how you find the, the, the home, the place, wherever you're going to be searching, you document that with, as best you can you do sketches of the area you know with with the proper uh dimensions and all that kind of you thing create all the diagrams yeah uh,
1: you know they create administrative worksheet yep and logs that that document logs of everybody that's out
0: there working what they're doing what when they, they check in when they check out all uh, that all that is is documented and and then when when and I'll, I'll just finish the overall procedure so so once once you're done you take pictures video of the place as it looks when you are finished. And generally, you try to leave it exactly as you found it, barring if you found evidence, obviously you're going to take that evidence. And so, uh, and then that's it. You you relinquish uh, control of the scene. And that's that's the basic process of it. And, and from what I saw, they did seem to follow this, uh, what I would consider a normal protocol, you know, in doing this. Right. I think they even go down
1: to like they document the temperature and the snowfall exactly that, that's happening over these three days. Um, I mean they they get right down in 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 this administrative worksheet where they talk about when the backhoe switches from a bucket operation to a hammer operation. Mm-hmm. They they document all that and just like you said with photographs, I, I think they they took over a thousand. That's a photographs,
0: lot of photographs. You know, I'll be honest, I didn't. I didn't I skimmed over most of them <laughs> yeah there's a lot
1: there's a lot of photographs in there um and then there's some agents that really took detailed notes of what happened every day almost to the hour right of what was going on out there um and also out there not only did they have the dig site but they created two base camps mm-hmm. and, and each each base camp had a portable generator heater and lights because you know Let's face it. This was a 24-hour operation out there.
0: Well, let's explain why it's a 24-hour operation. Because, and this would be true of in any type of search warrant where you can't you can't finish it in a normal work shift. Okay. So. And again, that that normal work shift is going to be pretty much nine to five. Pretty much nine to five. That's going to be the typical work shift. Okay. Especially in this case,
1: because they had to bring in third party. The people that were actually doing the digging,
0: they contracted with somebody to come yeah, in. Yeah, someone's and, out there the right, running the equipment, right. and So forth, they're paying for that, and so you know all that, you know, is that's not typically to my to my experience was not going to be something you done no. you do twenty four hours. No. Okay. Now that said, there are search warrants where again it the volume of work needed goes beyond the the work shift, so you don't relinquish control of that scene yet so you just simply people secure it s- stop working and it's secured until the searchers come back okay that's and that I've seen that happen that is right. not unusual depending on how 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 big the site is and in this case there were some FBI that remained there overnight yes, out there to guard it to guard because it. the and, and the purpose of that is is that they're guarding the integrity of the scene you know someone could theoretically come in and mess it up. Right. <laughs> and 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 that's very inarticulate uh, the description to say y- you just want that crime scene to have as much integrity as possible and 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 so therefore you just don't want anyone in there no matter what they may may do. Right. And again,
1: this isn't a life or death situation that they can't stop digging.
0: Yes. I so think it, it's it, safe it, to say that no one's in, you know, yeah.
1: And and, it, and probably these construction crews, you know, typically don't have, you know, three shifts out there working. It's just, it's just one shift, mm-hmm. and they're they're just gonna yeah, work in daylight it's, hours.
0: It's also there's there's uh there's you know it's, there's it's cold weather out there. It is a, a somewhat harsh environment. Having the base camp with the tent and you know and warmth and a uh, place to lunch, breaks. rest, or have food is perfectly uh. Normal and nothing unusual about
1: that. And again, according to the log, during these three days that they're out there, uh, there's some news stations that come out there. Mm-hmm. And they do filming. Uh, I think some of the state officials come out there. The treasure hunters are brought out there. Yeah. They're escorted
0: to the dig site yep. to show what's going on. Yeah. Um, and, and again... And th- I'll tell you why. I, if, if this were my case, and I'm the case agent on it, I would, I would seek their help. Actually, exactly cuz they're the ones that have been on this for years they know every they know every square inch of of this site this property so i'm going to want them out there i'm going to know i want to know what tr- all the stuff they've done in the past where they've had they've hit speed bumps they'd have they've had snags i want all that out there i want to rely on on this guy i don't want to have to reinvent the wheel out there exactly. right so i would have them out there and and, and again this is we can get into this, you know, some what were the problems I see with this, but one of them is, is that you know is maybe not having these guys there the whole time, and and I know right. you're 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 going to start touching on that, so right. that's where we start getting into some real problems, right?
1: And, and again, the the diggers are not the FBI; it, it's a third party that that's
0: been contracted to come out here yeah. to dig. And, and Todd, let me let me also explain one other thing at this point: why. Um, I don't. I I wouldn't have a problem with the media being there the whole time, as long as it's understood that the that the FBI controls that scene and they can't go anywhere that they're not escorted. Okay. And this and this is a unique circumstance. Normally, that's not even that wouldn't even be a thought in a typical search warrant. Okay. Anyone non-government personnel is not going to be at a search warrant that. That they're not part of that case in some some way, right? okay? And the reason being is because you're going to get evidence. You're, you're looking to take evidence at a search warrant to be used in court against someone to put them in jail, and so you want that. That's what I mean by about the integrity of the scene. You want that chain of custody on that evidence to be as perfect as it right. possibly can be, and you don't want it contaminated it, by contaminated. Okay, right. so but in this case, you've got. A Civil War era crime that no one is going to go to jail for. Right. Okay, so there is not going to be a trial. You don't really need, you know, the chain of custody of evidence is not near as critical, other than uh, that it, you know, to justify or to authenticate an artifact. Right. Okay, but that does not rise to the level of beyond a reasonable doubt, putting someone in jail. So that's why I'm saying I, I think some of the things that you normally would see in a search warrant could be eased in this process. And in fact, I think honestly, having the media there would have been a, uh, would have been uh, uh, advised for the yes. for the, the government it, it, to it, do. Yeah, it,
1: it would have been very helpful. Yep. As as the years have gone by now yes. on this, and again. And maybe it's a situation where they say it's unsafe to be up there by the dig site. Okay. Um, but but again, I at some that. point you're not digging.
0: Let them walk up there and, and see. Or or put them at, at a reasonable distance where they're safe, but yet can still monitor and see what's going on.
1: Exactly. So now they're they're out there for about three days and they're they're they dug
0: deeper. Again, that's there's nothing inherently wrong with that. Again, it's all on the site. How, how big the site is or how, how much you're searching, is, is, is that's how long you'll be out there. Right. And I think they, they even dug deeper and wider than they
1: originally planned. Mm-hmm. And uh, according to their reports, they find nothing. Yes. Um, they fill the hole back in, and they break down the campsites, and they
0: depart. Let's fact, go back just one quick second. And you touched on all the high-tech equipment that they used. Um Comment on that just a little bit. Is that their 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 preliminary testing from all that equipment showed a, a, something in the ground that was big, right? A mass, a mass of something, and that it was some type of of a metal consistent with gold or silver, some kind of precious metal. Correct. And again, that was that... And all their testing showed this. Right, that I engineering used, firm. Correct. They, I think maybe they did two different types of testing. I will be the first to admit, I cannot sit here and articulate the exact equipment and methods used. But from what I read, it was very reliable and sophisticated equipment. So some type of scan of the air. Yes, yep. yes. And And they go into great detail to explain this. And so now you're left with all this reliable preliminary testing and we've ended up with the dry hole. So what, how do we, how's that explained?
1: Right. And again, they, they fill this dry hole back in. Yeah. Um, they depart. And then I think you actually have a copy of their closing report.
0: Yeah. And it's just a, you know, it's really, it's a, it's a one page report just saying, Hey, we, uh, you know, we, we had this information, we investigated it. we, Search for it at the site that it believed it was going to be. There was nothing there, and we closed the case. I was hoping to see a little more detail in this because it's not unusual that when you close a case that you know you you just give a quick summary of what happened and what happened along the way. And me personally, when I did these closing, uh, they're called electronic communications, ECs. That's what they're called. Uh, when I would do a closing EC. I was kind of had in the mind that, that, that if it was a case that maybe uh, there wasn't a resolution to, and that meaning basically you didn't get a conviction, right, You right. know, is I, I, sometimes if there were things that that could have maybe been investigated later, I would write all that stuff up just so that, that, that if someone came along behind reopened me, it or reopened it, they would they could go to that closing memo and that would tell you all the, the issues. And, and that one was sort of short and sweet. <laughs> yeah, blows. that's that's a short and sweet way yeah. of saying it.
1: Yes. yeah. <laughs> that, that we didn't find anything, and of course, as we said earlier at the beginning, now they're called liars because the treasure hunters say, yeah, they actually found gold yes. out there. Yeah, and so that that they kept, now the they issue kept, is, is they that kept us away. They
0: kept us away, and 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 apparently that is that that's what's funky to me is that you you you've worked hand in glove with these. With these treasure hunters, they've brought you the case. You know, you, you've gone out, you've done all this, and they were along for all the preliminary testing, right? And so, and and you get out to the site, you're about to do it, and now they they get sent, the treasure hunters get sent to the base camp, and they are they are not to leave there. And I think from there, I think they even get booted out of the the, the tent or the base camp, right? They were they were uh, stuck out in their in their cars, so. Uh- I don't understand that. That to me is a is a real unexplained anomaly in this because again, you're not talking about a criminal case that you're you know that you have to have. You're going to try to uh, preserve DNA you're fingerprints, and all that somebody, kind of right. stuff. You're not prosecuting anyone. Right. Nobody. This is a historical case that really that that should be I think open to everyone. Right. And again,
1: when we did our TikTok videos, so many people commented. You know, why did they even? Bring in the FBI, yeah. At the beginning of this, and, yeah. and you know, we talked about it. You know, these guys, these treasure hunters, didn't have the access to the to the. To yeah, the they state were barred anymore. from the state uh, um, by doing it by doing anything. And I think they themselves have to be pretty pleased that the FBI did, in fact, bring in an engineering firm that did this survey and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but l-
0: like you said, why did they have no longer access to this? That's what that to me. That's one of it. the big question marks in this that I I have no explanation for. Again, if I had been the case agent on it, my argument, and I would have argued quite sternly about that. let's hey, why not? Let's keep the let's keep the media here. Let's keep the treasure hunters here. We got nothing to hide. And you know, it's it's a fat. It's a if we. If you do recover this gold, it's a fantastic story and it, it, it would be great PR, you exactly. know, for the FBI, you know. Exactly. We we don't really go into political issues on this, you know, we, we stick with just, you know, working crimes and, and working investigations and solving crimes, but um, there's no doubt that the that the FBI I think currently has somewhat of a credibility problem. Per- yep. And this would have been a perfect opportunity to just, you know, a, a feel good story if you will. Right, uh, you know, and it's this idea
1: that you know they sent the treasure hunters home. They sent, but yet the FBI remained out there overnight. Yeah, and I think there were there's witnesses again, and in that's the area. not that is not that's not in in and of itself anything sinister. And and I think there were some witnesses that says
0: or that they believe that the digging continued to go. They on They hear at the night. machines going all night. They could hear okay. them. Okay. Yeah. So I, I'm not going to sit here and say that you know that a witness is lying or what they're they're reporting is not true. My my thought about that my my explanation maybe is is you know it's it's winter it's cold the they generator- got generators going the generators so, are running for heat there's right, lights but out I there. think that there's some witnesses that 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 acknowledge that okay yeah I know there I know what a generator sounds like and I know what maybe a backhoe sounds like it's two different things it was definitely digging going on so that that is actually is reported it's it is strange it is mysterious and, and I think another one of the uh, a lot of the comments was why did they have the search warrant sealed. Okay, again, that is not anything that is necessarily. Um, I mean, it's a common practice. It to, is pretty to common get it, to get it sealed. It, it is pretty
1: common. Um, I, I know before when I've got search warrants before, you know, I might have the judge sign it on Friday, and mm-hmm. I'm not really running it until yeah Wednesday of the next week. Exactly. And so we get it sealed because again, th- these are public documents. If they're unsealed,
0: well, the, the and, pr- and purpose of sealing it is is effectively so that before you can serve that search warrant. Um, you know, because, again, you're putting together your, your the people that are going to do it. There's a lot of logistical requirements to get this done. And, and in the meantime, getting those logistical uh, elements in place, you don't want the people that, that where you're going to be searching to know that this is coming because they could get rid of evidence. They right. could destroy evidence. They could hide it. They could move it. All that. So, you want that to be as you you know, you you just don't want that out there. Right. I mean, you could
1: be the case agent and you're anticipating um, something happening later in the week and you're going to wait for that to happen. Maybe they're going to start printing counterfeit money on Tuesday, but you have your warrant already
0: to go in there on Wednesday. Yeah. Kind of a a deal. Again, the, the sealed search warrant is not, again, that is not anything that is necessarily sinister. And I'll say this on the flip side of it of why you would seal it uh, you know that that's suspicious about it is again we're not talking about something that that is a crime that you you, you know you that the the someone's gonna get rid of the evidence you're talking about you know su- pre- presumably nine tons of something that's been out there for years that no right. one has taken exactly so in the meantime they're probably not gonna get out there. You know, between now and when you get your team together to do the search warrant, right? Um, so, uh, yes. So uh, again, the, the, there is I can see I can see the argument that uh, you know why did did you need a sealed search warrant? And we did
1: have a lot of witnesses also at the time that the FBI is out there digging that they saw an unusual amount of armored trucks in the area. Yes.
0: And, and I think Even to the point some witnesses described that they were, they were closing streets uh, so that these things could roll through there. And again, if, if you found something out there,
1: nine tons of gold bars, you probably would have to put them in an armored car
0: to get them out of there. Well, you know, I guess that makes sense. In all the years I was in the FBI, I was not, none of the field offices I was in had armored cars. It's just nothing that we ever needed. Okay, Um, so it would be something that would have to be maybe contracted for another third party. Yeah, another third party to bring out armored cars and why you would need an armored car versus just you already have an FBI vehicle and and you have FBI agents who are armed and can. And I, I know from some of those game cameras that came out, you know, they caught some of the. Uh, footage of of the FBI out there on the perimeter of this place, and you know you had the guy wearing the he was fully decked out, maybe in the SWAT right, uh, right. type uniform outfit. I've seen those. Uh, you know, with 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 the AR rifle. Um, again, not not in and of itself anything unusual about that. They're there to to guard the perimeter, Protect and you don't know what and you may face, it, right? so you're prepared. It could for be a it. wild animal. But that that's said, up there. if you do find the gold. Okay, you you have those type guys out there with those type capabilities. I think you could probably, you know, put it in some kind of heavy duty vehicle without bringing an armored car out there, you know. And 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 again, going on the armored cars. When I first heard that, I'm thinking. I guess I was initially thinking like military type armored cars, like like Humvees or or that kind of thing. But I I actually saw a a, a witness interviewed directly who described it as, you know, the type of armored car the you bank. see to roll up to a bank. Right. You know, um, so again, that's just nothing that I ever knew that we had in, in the FBI. So, so there's definitely a, enough abnormal things that happened out there. Some funky things too. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. call it funky. So that happened yeah, out there. You, you um, have the high-tech equipment that, without a doubt, finds a mass, finds a mass, confirms all the previous testing that had been done before, that there is something funky down there. They dig a gigantic hole with that 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 has nothing. But in the course of digging this big hole, you bar the media, you bar your cooperating um, you know, witnesses, so to speak, your the, the treasure hunters, you, you bar them from it and you, you know presumably work overnight out there. Yeah. Well they're not around. Yeah. And you have the armored cars showing up out there. Uh, I think there's even a witness that describes Seeing the you know the the armored cars riding low, uh, you know as if to they're to, to, down. to imply that there right. there's a heavy you know that has has a heavy load. Gold is very heavy. So um, that said, I you know th- th- it is funky to me. It right. is funky. I, I think if they you know came up empty on this, I, I just think they shot themselves in the foot by not just having a, a really a transparent uh look at how this whole thing or, or, went or about.
1: Why it, it it took court cases to get some of the stuff released mm-hmm. that's in the file. That of mm-hmm. course stuff that we've seen. Yeah. Um I know as an investigator, something that's difficult for me to overcome is that throughout the file, I don't see any type of paperwork or any type of a discussion that would have been had with the treasure hunters saying that, you know, we as the FBI, if we find something there and it's whatever the value of that is mm-hmm. you're going to get a percentage mm-hmm. i mean we always pay informants all the time procedures sure. yeah, yeah. they get a percentage of what we seize whether well, it's bank accounts yeah. um things like that and and why this was lacking throughout all that file it, it just kind of struck me kind of odd like they never came up with that idea to th- Yeah throw there's out a nothing number. documented in there's, the
0: file that i saw as well but right. i did see something i think in the uh you know reported in the media that there was maybe an understanding of some kind of a finder's fee. Because I think it was understood that, you know, if this is true, if this is stolen U.S. gold, this is the property of the U.S. government. And we're happy to get it back, and we're happy for your input, and we're willing to, you know. I want to say I I saw that, and and even coming from the treasure hunters, that that was the understanding about, Because I know know
1: there was talk early on when the treasure hunters were trying to get— the assistance to the state. Mm-hmm. Somebody in the state had mentioned, "Hey, whatever you take, you have to give the state some of that. Oh, some I, of those. Yeah, no, I can't comment so on that. Mm-hmm. It, it was just to me. It was just kind of weird that I didn't see it anywhere that there were, that they wouldn't have had some type of a written agreement. Mm-hmm. Since they I, had, I know that's, they had meetings, they had meetings with the U.S. Attorney's Office, things like that. That yep. they didn't come up with. I agree with you that that's yeah, not that in is, the file. That is a little odd, right? Um, so, uh, well, there you go. There you have it for uh, the Conspiracy Gold.
0: There it is. I mean, it, it is. There's some funky stuff to it. And, and uh, I would love to visit that site and, and go out there myself and just really get that feel that you can only get by being in a place in person.
1: Well, uh, again, that's just one of these Civil War Gold buried yeah. stuff. There's more. I mean, we we definitely can load the car up and spend a summer uh, going through Georgia. <laughs> yeah. and, and I'm Lake, on it, man. All Let's the way to Lake it. Michigan. And I love it. Pack our shovels and, and see what we can find out there. <laughs> hey, we're
0: the Texas Crime Travelers, right? That's what we. That's how we. That's how this whole thing got started. Yeah. We wanted to go to crime scenes. Yeah, we can get on the road. <laughs> I love it. So, again, as a listener, uh,
1: hit that subscribe, follow button, share with your friends.
0: Yeah, keep those comments and questions coming. We love it. Love getting the feedback. Hope you enjoyed it, and thank you for listening. Thanks a lot. This has been the Back in Crime podcast presented by Texas Crime Travelers Todd Hiles and Stuart Fillmore. We are the executive producers. Grace Hiles is the producer and director. Theme music composed by Eddie Bandis. Follow us on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and our YouTube channel at Texas Crime Traveler.